Hey everybody, welcome to Scarredland, Sins of Shalzar, episode 22, I think, of uh, Night of Chronicles Part 2. Sorry for the late start. It's been a day. Um, uh, we had a insurrection-free um, transition of power today. Uh, I hesitate to say peaceful because, you know, we had some unrest a couple weeks back, but uh, so far, uh, democracy has held up, so... Yay, everybody. Congratulations to the new people in power. Uh, make sure you spend the next four years holding their feet to the fire and dragging them as far left as humanly possible. Um, so before we get too far into it, I do want to make sure that I let everyone know so I don't like do some dumb shit and forget to let everyone know that Yugman's Guide to Gelspad Complete Edition is out uh, in its advanced PDF today at DriveThruRPG. Um, so if you've already picked up uh, four or more of the previous chapters, you should have gotten a free copy of that sent to you already uh, by DriveThruRPG. Um, if you have not picked up any of it previously or picked up less than four chapters of it, um, you can go over to DriveThruRPG right now, get the advanced PDF. Um, it'll be in an errata phase for a couple weeks while you go through enjoying the new rules such as the um, 21 new social backgrounds, 23 new subclasses, 6 new races, revised rules for Hollow Legionnaires, uh, spells, true rituals, magic items, and the People's Appendix, which I'm super proud of, which is like alternate rules for peoples and heritages as opposed to race as a mechanic. Uh, you can go through, enjoy all those, make notes of what you uh, feel might be some errata, and send those in to us. And once I get all that compiled, We'll be putting out the final version of the PDF and a print-on-demand version, so that's exciting. It's up at uh, DriveThruRPG right now, and the link I just threw in chat. Uh, go pick it up. Tell all your friends to pick it up. Uh, leave lovely ratings and reviews. Uh, if you enjoy it, tell everyone you know about it. And uh, if you don't like it, then that is time for quiet contemplation, I suppose, uh, about your tastes. Um, so, uh, when last we met, uh, our intrepid adventurers were... Uh, in the city of Leone, uh, they had um, started looking into some various things. Uh, Tan uh, and um, Rowan, her uh, new companion, compatriot, uh, one might say um, hookup, I think is probably a fair way to put it, um, is, had gone off to uh, the Charduni church uh, to look into these uh, markings on her, and uh, which is where she will be, as Tori is unable to be with us at the moment. So we'll just draw the curtain on that and have that going on off camera. Uh, the rest of the party, with the exception of Charlene, who has been working on some, uh, getting some tattoo stuff together, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, the rest of the party except for Charlene and uh, Haiku, had, uh, at the behest of Jean, uh, gone off and hunted down this blade beast that had escaped um, from the hunter's library, uh, killing one of the librarians, severely wounding another one of the librarians. Um, and they went and hunted it down and had just gotten done uh, basically defeating it. Is that a correct, accurate representation of what you all remember. Yes. And then uh, yes. Haiku, while they were doing that, Haiku was off um, 
murdering the sole survivor of the previous encounter with the Blade Beast. Uh, unbeknownst Sometimes that's what you gotta do. To everyone in the party except for, I believe, Alland. Yes, does that bring us uh, up to speed? Am I missing anyone or anything? Oh, um, yep. Me and Breck were out shopping. Alan so and Breck were shopping. Right, that's correct. And Alan had picked up some uh, adamantine, was what you wound up going with, right? Yes. And Breck was uh, getting supplies together for um, uh, for locate creature tattoos. Yeah, talking to bards. There was we went to one tent. They weren't there, so I think we found a bard. Mm-hmm. You knew the spell, and yes. then I, I need to look for supplies and possible scrolls. Yes. So, um, we'll pick things up uh, out with the group that was fighting the Blade Beast. Um, the Blade Beast was destroyed, and when it died, it uh, burst forth a stack of uh, various weapons and left sort of this um, puddle of... Uh, imagine, like, a basically liquefied flesh. Um, flesh that had been heated up to the point where it's in more of like a plasmic state than it is in like a solid state. Um, though it's not so uh, hot that you can't like scoop it up. Um, it is runny. It's gooey gooey skin pretty much uh, surrounding these weapons. Um, and Lulu is still enlarged and will be for about 30 seconds until um, the spell wears off, at which point he returns back to normal. So what would you all like to do out there uh, with the corpse of this blade beast and the various uh, weapons that dropped forth from it? Well, Lulu would like to see if there's any cool-looking weapons that she would use, and then she would also grab one for Alan. Okay. Uh, there's a ton of cool-looking weapons that um, that you would use. There's not... doesn't look like there's much in the way of, like, bludgeoning weapons, which is what Alan normally uses. Um, but you... if you wanted to get her something that was bladed, that is certainly an option for you. Um, Anything that looks really fancy because she likes metalwork. So, like, anything that's, like, just extra. Okay, so you're looking for the most extra weapon that's in there. Sure. Um, you see there is a sword. It looks like uh, it's a rapier. Um, and it's not so much the blade, though the blade looks uh, incredibly well-crafted and almost supernaturally sharp and pointed. Um, the handlework is extremely ornate. And uh, one might say you have never seen its equal. Um, and there's something about this blade that looks... Maybe it's the way the light dances off the edge of it. Maybe it's it's just the way it sits. You're not quite sure, but it, it definitely sticks out head and shoulders in terms of uh, aesthetically above everything else that was stuck in this blade beast. Um, 
that is an option. There's also um, uh, several short swords and long swords, uh, a couple of daggers of varying quality and, or and ornateness, and you see there's also like a like a halberd, um, and the halberd is uh, like a eight foot or about a six foot long pole that's got about two feet of uh, blade at the end of it uh, that sort of recurves upward um, and carved along the side of the, that blade are various uh, runes. Um, so th that's pretty much what falls out of it is that collection of items. Um, Would the runes mean anything to me? Uh, that depends. Do you speak ancient Lydian? Or does anyone there speak like ancient? I do! Yes! It came in handy! <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, uh, it says, um, Madriel guide these strikes in ancient Ladean. Um, let's go ahead and make a religion check if you don't mind. 20. Oh, yes, I get to know something. Awesome. Um, them dices is on fire today. Uh, <laughs> so you're pretty sure that that is an inscription that's commonly used in um, a magical weapon known as a Spear of the Redeemer. As long as nobody else cares, I'm just probably going to take that because that sounds pretty cool. Also, I have a halberd, and the, I'm just already connected with the one I can read. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I don't want to like mess up anybody else's stuff. I wouldn't mind having the rapier. Um, that's like my main handheld weapon. I would use, mostly don't do that, but like, it's nice to have something on hand. Okay, I'm not going to take it from um, someone who participated in the battle. Is there something else I could give to Alan that's nice looking? Uh, a couple of the daggers look uh, promising and, and very well crafted. And while they may be a little small for what Alan normally wields, um, you know, it never hurts to have a holdout weapon. Okay, I'll get her a fancy dagger. If anything, she can melt it down and change it, but like, I'm sure that observing the craftsmanship is probably something that somebody in the industry appreciates. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a jerk. No, you're totally fine. I, nope, totally, totally fine. I just wanted to bring Alan something because I per participated in watching her have a feelings moment, so it's like, I hope you feel better. <laughs> what, is the, what is the rapier? Like, what's the plus on it? Um, so the rapier, uh, why don't you make a history check as you're looking at it, since you're a bard and bards are historically relatively well storied. I'm, uh, have to use my inspiration on that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to, but yeah. Seven. Seven? Um. That die is expelled! Nothing leaps out at you as being particularly like you don't identify it necessarily by its look but when you pick it up you can feel the magic coming from it um 
Like it's very obviously a, a Can I go ahead and just weapon. cast identify? I actually have that. You can absolutely just go ahead and cast identify. I've literally never had it before. That's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you uh, whisper the words of the incantation and look the blade up and down, it occurs to you this is a true forsaken elf blade. Um, the elves of Termana are the only race of mortal beings that are known to have defeated a titan without divine intervention. Uh, during the divine war, like they just mobbed a titan and killed him. Um, and it said during the end of that battle uh, that their blades began glowing um, and just ripping into Churn's flesh. And no one's quite sure like what caused her, how it happened. But a Forsaken Elf Blade is a plus two rapier with the unique power to ignore the damage resistance and damage immunities of any titan or titan spawn. Um, against any titan... Titan Worshipper or Creature with the Titan Spawn uh, subtype, it has advantage on attack rolls and inflicts 2d6 points of additional radiant damage on a successful strike. Wow. Can you tell me what the item you told me that I was getting, that I, I picked up was? I can. Um, give me half a second, though, because it's not in the book that I opened. And I will send you the... Uh, the stuff for the Forsaken Blade momentarily. I do have a plus two uh, dagger or rapier if Holland would want that, but it's just a regular plus two. That's part of the reason I was asking, was to make sure that it was even different. I'm not even here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting her a present that looks pretty and fancy that I think she'll appreciate. Okay, yeah, so, so you, you, know, you take it and you keep it. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. It, no, it, she probably wouldn't even have used it because she loves her hammer so much. It's just an appreciation moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally fair. Do I need to cast identify for that, or does she able to just do that? Well, she recognized it, like oh, rec- cool. recognized it by that inscription on it. Cool. And then while you're looking that up, Lulu will um, take one dagger for Alan and then go over uh, to Jean, or how do you say it? John. 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 And and be like, so do you want some of these daggers for your hair? (laughs) Well, I definitely would like at least one, because I left one in that goblin way back. (laughs) Uh, and, I need, the rest. <laughs> and I need something to bring back to these people. Do you need goo to bring back to the people, like to prove it's dead, or just... Well, I need to prove it's dead. I don't want to bring back the goo, because it's it. Do I, I, mean, have, I have a story about one my crops that I can tell you about. <laughs> well, John is going to accept... Two of the daggers. One of them is for her, uh, and one of them is to prove that she she killed the blade beast. And she's gonna just scoop some of the goo onto the dagger. <laughs> That's yeah. a good strategy. <laughs> as proof, as the most proof she can get, really. <laughs> um, is Ithrin trying to chase anything down here, or um, use any of these wep- get any of these weapons, or any of that stuff? 
Uh, Ithrin, like, uh, apart from the weapons, is there any way to sort of strip this thing down for parts? I mean, you can, aside from, like, scooping up the goo into, like, a water skin, um... Is the goo valuable? Um, I mean, it is the, uh, flesh of a relatively powerful titan spawn, uh, so there's almost undoubtedly some sort of ritual value to it. Um, uh, yeah, then I will, uh, scoop the goo into a water skin and plan to sell it or use it. Right. Um, I'm not super interested in any of the weapons, like, um, because, like, Ithrin uses a quarterstaff and a crossbow most of the time. Okay. So. Yeah, neither one of those are really, um, what's in here. Um. Yeah, so I'll just harvest the goo while everyone else is doing their thing. Well, I'm like super concerned watching her do this because she's watched her eat garbage. <laughs> so it's like, please don't eat that. Please don't eat that. Ugh. It's not edible, but it's valuable. I'm not just going to let it go to waste. <laughs> you start thinking I about have, it. I do have standards. <laughs> But in the back of your mind, Ithrin, you do realize, though, that I mean, if you were really hungry, like, you could probably stomach this. Like, if you had I mean, I, when her back is turned, she's probably like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, how does it taste? How does it taste, Travis? Uh, it, it, imagine, like, if a chicken smoothie. No, um, like, <laughs> I mean, I've had chicken McNuggets before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the raw pink stuff. That's really what it is. Is it's it's the it's the raw. This is why I, I I run games to see the face that Mal just made. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so um, the Spear of the Redeemer I did just send you and uh, send to the group chat on Facebook, y'all. Um, it is a plus one uh, to attack and damage rolls. Uh, in addition, if you would drop to zero hit points, uh, you drop to one hit point instead um, when you're attacked. Alternatively, if an effect would kill you instantaneously without dealing damage, the effect on you is negated. In either case, the powers, uh, the spear's power to protect you from death is expended, but it regains that ability each day at dawn. So it basically can save your life once. A day. Um, That's awesome. Not too shabby. So you all sort of get your uh, your winnings, your your rewards for this, um, you know, uh, quest that you've gone on, uh, and start making your way back into um, town. Uh, is there any other business that you wanted to attend to before you start heading back into Leone? Uh, I will check in with Mal. Uh, like, we're, we're done here, right? We can go home now? Or, uh, oh, Jean, yeah, sorry. This, this chicken is done. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, so while you're sort of getting your stuff together uh, back in town, um, Haiku, what are you doing after you have uh, executed this poor woman who is lying in a hospital bed? Um, I just go back to our little wherever we were uh, spending the night at, and um, just basically let everyone know that basically I didn't die. But I don't think anyone's um there yet, so I'll just chill there for a bit. Okay. Uh, you get back there, and Charlene is still there, uh, probably at this point sitting out in the um sort of breakfast area where you all uh ate earlier. Um. I would assume, like, going over some notes, working on some flash, maybe, like, got a sketch going, something along those lines. Um, and you see Haiku walk in, Sherwin. You give him the what's up nod? I'll give, one, I'll give them one back, too, and um, I'll sit down and be like, hey, do you have any um, tattoo ink on you right now and, you know, equipment to do that right now? Uh, I think uh, Breck was out shopping, right? Yes, for Breck was out shopping. Yeah, Breck's out shopping for more inks, so later today, I'm sure. Cool, because um, I only got, I can only cast two spells a day, so I need to maximize as much as I can right now. <laughs> what are you thinking Hopefully about? <laughs> Uh, I just want a free usage of Hex, essentially, that wouldn't take my spell slot. Which I have. Yeah. Could we do something like that, Travis? Um, yes, you would need to have uh, the inks. You would need to have the time, and you need to have the caster. So, yeah. Um, it's a level one spell, so it should be pretty easy, right? Relatively. What's your... How much ink do you have presently? Like a hundred gold worth of okay. rare inks. And you're... Is, yeah. And you're not a... You're not a College of Needles bard, correct? No. Bringing up the, the rules here on what you need, then. College Needles, by the way, is in Yugman's Guide to Gelsbad, which is now available at Drive RPG. Um, so it's a hundred. Okay, it's set based on the tattoo's rarity. I would say to create a um, hex is a level one spell. So that would basically be like an uncommon tattoo. So you'd really need like 200 gold worth of materials. Unless, for example, you used... Uh, I have Magecraft, Magecraft, which has just the materials needed. So. Yeah. So we do have enough to do it. Yep. And then the time needed... Uh... I think I saw somewhere that it said you make 100 gold of progress per day. Yes. And Magecraft also halves... Halves your time. That. So you could get yeah. that done like before sundown if you sat down and just started now. 
Yeah. I uh, I hand him the the book of uh, art collection that I have uh, that unless you had a design in mind, but uh, my 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 book currently contains a, a bunch of new pirate flash art, um, some orc flash art, and uh, some like really cool primordial like uh, like water inspired stuff. I was thinking like a a sacred geometry kind of thing. Like right on. Some of the celestial stuff might fit. I like flip through. <laughs> Get like thug life across your yeah. stomach, but in like <laughs> primordial runes. Yeah. That actually sounds really sick. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Popular, uh, like that idea. Yeah, okay, I was just thinking like a, a like a sacred geometry on like my like hand. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so, the those of you who have been out shopping, you've managed to contact a spellcaster who's willing to cast for you, um, and that was. Did I give you the price on the spellcasting service for that? No. Okay, and it, it was. Can you tell me what um, level spell locate creature is? Level one. Is it okay? Then <laughs> locate object is level one. Lo- locate creature, locate person is level three. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, and also Breck, if you don't have Magecraft yet, you should definitely buy that spell. Okay. It's a level one spell that uh, halves the amount of material in time for crafting. Mm, okay. And also gives you advantage on all crafting rules. That's awesome. And you were you had just made that contact. You weren't like bringing that person back with you, right? Yeah, because we, we went to the first tent, and then they were like, oh, well, if you come, like, weren't we going to do a deal with them, Helena? Some kind of, or was that yours was for the deal? Mine was the deal that, like, I would get a, a better deal if I made something that impressed him. Impressed him. Okay, so with us, we went to the first tent, which had, like, the pristine tattoo art spellcaster people. No, spellcaster right. people. They weren't there, so we found the bard. The bard was taking us somewhere. Oh, I thought they were t- they were taking you up to the to the College of Lore. Okay, yes, that's what it was. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, is there a material components cost to locate person? I will tell you that it's locate creature, right? I think it's locate person. Person? Oh, okay. Could be wrong. If it's not person, it's creature. No, it's locate locate creature. Getting a lot of spy network stuff when you Google locate person just for all of you viewers out there. <laughs> um, a bit of fur from a bloodhound. Okay. Is the only... Only material component? Mm-hmm. So you can probably get that for 10 gold. So you'd be looking at uh, 60 gold per casting of the spell. 
the actual spell. Okay, that's not bad. So 60 times 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 60 times 8 is 480. We can do that. Okay. Um, So you make that deal and then head back to the um, the spot, as it were. Right? Or was there anything else you want to do before you made your way back to uh, the temple? Um, I sent you a text. Okay. Okay. I will look at that text. Um, And then do they have do they sell any scrolls? Because I want to look for a magecraft scroll that my business partner warned me about definitely before we left for this trip. Um, yeah, you can buy scrolls there. Uh, Level one scroll? So you'd be looking at 100 gold Per scroll okay. for level one spells. So I can learn that one without having to like wait and prepare new spells that would just like always be prepared because I learned it, or would that just be added to my book? You would just I add it to your it. spell book and then you would draw from your norm that you'd work that into your normal spell preparations. Um, uh, okay. But is Magecraft normally a wizard spell that I'd be able to do on my own? Yeah, so you could either learn it when you level. Um, or you can learn it from the scroll. Um, in the wizard class, it should have the costs of scribing a, scr- a scroll into your spell book. I think it's, um, I think it's like a hundred gold per spell level. But let me double check that. I might just wait till I level. Yeah, you can also like buy the scroll as like here's how I learned how to do it. Um, you know, burn the scroll once, but then just add it when you. So it's two hour. Each level is two hours and fifty gold per level of the spell. I'll just wait till I level. That'll be fine. Okay. Cool. But the text and then this thing and that's all we need. All right. Did they have, sorry, I forgot we also discussed supplies. Do they sell supplies too? Did we already look for those? Oh, like, like for ink? the tattoo inks and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So I guess you can... Basically, you can decide like how many, how much gold you're going to spend on ink. Um, knowing that Charlung has Magecraft, you can do, you can get, you can get twice as much mileage out of the ink. Um, okay. But, so imagine a um, hundred gold pieces per category on the um, on the chart. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, common, uncommon, uh, rare, very rare. Excuse me. Um, oh, okay. 
so it's a hundred gold per category worth of inks. Um, so now your level one, I believe level one to three are common. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Let me read your level three because I'm common. Awesome. Let's see, let me, let me double check that so I'm not talking entirely out of my tailpipe here. Yep, so a cantrip or first level is common, uh, second and third level is uncommon, fourth to fifth level is rare, sixth to seventh is, sixth to eighth is very rare, and ninth level is legendary. But, you know, then you'd have to also find somebody that can cast a ninth level spell. Mm. So for third level, locate creature. Spellcaster. It would... The spellcaster field be sixty. And ink. Your ink would be uh, two hundred per tattoo. Total per tattoo. Jeez. Jeez. But with okay. uh, with Charlung's um, magecraft, it would be It'd be cut in half. So two hundred times eight is sixteen hundred. Cut right. in half would be eight hundred. Right, but you would still need to pay the full cost for the spellcaster fee. But for the spellcaster, so 800 plus 60 times 8 is 480. So that's 1,280. And we have 1,000 in the bank, 190 on loan, and then I have some extra money too. We can afford that. All right. But then we have no money. Is that is that what we want to do? Or... I think that's why I decided to do it with locate object. Okay. Because the the idea that I had was that the pouches can find each other. And that's a level one spell, right? Locate object. Yeah. And it's like. How much are pouches? If we bought the pouches and we bought the leather working tools, because I learned leather working. Yeah, I was going to say we're both leather workers as well. You can do it too? Awesome. Perfect. So, and you're half cost because of your magecraft. What's the yeah. locate object range? I will tell you that. Locate, it's, I don't think it's any better than locate creature. I was concerned better. that it might be worse. Yeah. It is... Oh, a thousand feet. Oh, yeah. And what's creature? Creature also a thousand feet? Uh, I thought it was bigger. It is... Oh, yeah. A thousand feet. Interesting. I think it'd just be cooler to make sending stones or something, you know. <gasps> Can we tattoo sending stones? I mean, yeah, you'd be giving everybody uh, sending, basically. What do we need? So, Charlong, for haste, how many people did you want to haste? Because I can just get the materials and we can just... I say we just buy ink, like just stock buy ink, like having extra ink on hand is never going to be a problem for us. I think like we're always going to want to do something with the tattoo, right? Like, oh, crap, we have too much tattoo ink. Yeah. And also we could just sell it to people, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you can sell your services too. And because you've got the magecraft, you know, you're doubling your profit effectively. 
Okay, how much would 750 gold of ink buy? Yeah, 750 you'd have, gold of ink. <laughs> right, you'd have, you'd have effectively using, if Sharlung used Magecraft every time he did it, it'd be 1500 gold. So um, you'd be looking at like 15 slots worth of ink. <laughs> 15 slots, okay. Because Breck's not going to drain the bank for, for like generic supplies. He would for a mission. So just to buy more ink, we'll do 750 gold worth of ink. And then what I texted you about. And then, then we don't need to borrow the 190. We can just create a surplus and start tattooing and see what we need at that point. Okay. So I'll put that in minutes. <clears throat> All right, cool. And so you come back in and you are, uh, as you're arriving back, uh, you've got the spellcaster lined up if you need them from the College of Lore. Uh, you walk in, you find uh, Charlung, I assume, actively working on a tattoo on Haiku by the, by the time they get yeah. back. Um, oh, good! Okay. And then, uh, what would you like to do when you arrive back? Alan, are you going to go try to work this, build something special for... Uh, yes. Did you have something in I mind? Wondering. I have a DM question. If I wanted to change, because I had, um, I bought Tinker's Tools, or like I got proficient in Tinker's Tools when I leveled up, yeah. and that hasn't come in handy. Um, I was wondering if I could change it, maybe. You could. Um, what would you have in mind? Uh, jeweler's Tools? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can swap those two out, no problem. You've not, then you, I you're not build like, like any clockworks in game or anything like that yet, so sure. Yeah, so I feel like if I know jewelers' tools, I can make really intricate weapons with mm. like jewels in them. I feel like that would be really neat. Yeah, and then you could start doing like go all Final Fantasy with it and start like enchanting mm -hmm. gems and putting them in like materia slots. That, that's super cool. Yes. You can have like a crown of rain devastation. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool, though. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I guess I'll start making the weapon that I want to make to impress the dwarf blacksmith that I so cockily said, like, ah, I got this. I'll, can I, I want to no, go over shy. and help Holland. I'll like pump the fire or like hand her prongs and things. I'll just be her little assistant. Okay. Well, that'll give Alan advantage. So, Alan, why don't you go ahead and give me what, 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 what would you like to make to impress them? Um, I want to make a sword. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead and just give me a uh, let's do a dexterity. Um, no. I lied. Let's do a strength plus your proficiency bonus. You may have advantage. That was, uh, 19 already. And then you so get... Plus my proficiency bonus of strength. That's right. plus 3. And you so, get advantage on the check as well because you have a helper. Oh, I got a net 20 the second time. <laughs> Alright, excellent. Good job. Um, so you, like... Thank you, helper. <laughs> You'd out there and Although say... Although Alan just goes... <laughs> right? right? 
Yeah, and they're I'm like, like, oh my god, I just is so great. She's so grateful. It's cool. <laughs> you're out like in the back lot behind the Temple of Enkili at the forge, like saying prayers to Krom and like you know beating the sword flat and shit. And um, mm -hmm. it's uh, you you craft pretty much like a uh, a masterfully crafted uh, a keen blade, as it were. Um, it's it actually turns out really good, but it is pretty much the day's work. So whilst you are doing that, uh, the rest of the crew uh, makes their way back. Uh, you are you, I assume you're all going to stop back at the spot. Are you planning on um, Jean, how are you planning to get a hold of these people that you owe or owed the money to? Oh, I really thought that that was going to be a DM question. Um, well, they found me once. Right so on. I guess I'm, I'm just going to get drunk and hope they find me again. Okay. Uh, will you accompany the rest of the group to the Temple of Enkili while, while you're waiting? Well, I don't want to drink alone. Ithrin will definitely drink with you. Rex sends you that from the alley where he's working. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there does happen to be plenty of wine at the Temple of Enkili. Um, and you sit down and start drinking. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least one of you, uh, which of you had spoken to... Um, uh, had spoken to Rizzy earlier on. Don't think that was Ithrin. The bard who was looking for someone to help with their story. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's where the, the posing, right? And that we're telling the most glorious. Oh, Brett's yep. totally in on that too. Mm-hmm. So uh, while you're all sort of doing your work, uh, Rizzy does show up at the uh, temple uh, just to start preparation because the festival kicks off tonight. Uh, so she really wants to be on top of it, you know. Um, and you start working on crafting a story. Is anyone going to help with that um, with the actual like choreography and the creation of this epic tale that uh, that Rizzy would like to tell. <laughs> when Lulu helps with things like that, it doesn't always go so well. <laughs> I mean, Lulu will help, but oh boy. <laughs> Alden, were you there when we were talking to the bard and she needed help with her story? Mm -mm. That wasn't you? Was I? I don't remember where this was then. Maybe I'm remembering it differently. Maybe it was with you the bar, too. But the bard. I, we had to make a deal with the bard to get the information. She's the one that took you to the uh, to the bard college, in fact. Yeah. So all oh. of you were there. We got a show to put on, girl. Jesus. Well, then it's not Lulu, so Alan can help. <laughs> Lulu can help, too. It's great. We all got strength. We got to do our warrior poses. <laughs> Oh, Who will help if Breck asks her to help? 
Breck will definitely be like, my lady, would you like to tell the story of, of just the most badass warriors from Scarlet's? Woo! This would be so great. We gotta go up there and save the bards and show them how great we are. Alan's got her hammer and she's gonna bring the resting iron bread face and show like the stoicness of our journeys. And um, <laughs> yeah, Rizzy's just sort of like uh, like soaking up the conversation and really paying close attention and uh, making notes of everything as, as you're discussing it. Um, is there anything in particular that anyone wants to offer as like a subject of the story? Uh, we did fight a basilisk. I feel yeah, like we Brett is turning into dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> I would say okay. I'd like to be a little more rugged than dandelion, but I, I won't argue with the rest. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's yeah. a low bar to clear. <laughs> the dandelion and the witcher had a baby. I feel like that would probably be Breck. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> it's okay. Breck um, knows what to do with it. <laughs> there's the story of the ice people, too. Although I guess Lulu wasn't there, though, but Breck was definitely there. The faraway land and the ice people. Oh, yeah. That's another option. Um, yeah. Yeah, is there, a, is there a group preference, or does somebody want to take point on uh, being this young bard's guide as they're crafting their story? I mean, I'm pretty sure Breck just owned that, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Breck would want the story of, like, because at least with the Basilisk, we were all together, or we could do the evading cops in, in during the festival in the Capitol <laughs> story, too. That's the thing and then our most glorious bard went out there and, and told them of the stories of the land, and she was the wonderful distraction that allowed us all to get away. Hashtag Charlie. See, everybody well, gets an intro. That's that's wonderful, but Breck is unfortunately not going to be able to actually provide that aid because Breck is outside uh, working billows and shit. That's true. Breck is very busy. Okay. It was Lulu's quest. Lulu could help with the details for the basilisk. Okay, Lulu can help. Charlie can help too. She's going to bring in the bard to help the bard because she yes! doesn't know what music she's is. Yes, she's the bard, Charlie, bard translator. Charlie, help us. Help. Okay. <laughs> so um, we'll have we'll say Charlie's going to write like a soundtrack for this uh, play. <laughs> um, and. Uh, Lulu is going to provide like the the core context of the story. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ithrin, well, Haiku is getting tattooed by Charlong. Ithrin is drinking with Jean and watching this all go down. Playing, being yeah, like pretty much uh, the occasionally critics. heckling as she gets progressively drunker. <laughs> okay, um, so. You spend the day finishing up those activities. Um, get well into uh, 
Jean and Ithran, anyway, get pretty well into their cups before the sun sets and the Night of Chronicles officially kicks off. Um, let's have... As, as you all sort of make your way out there and head down to the uh, village square where the performances are being held, um, let's have Charlie handle the uh, performance check or make a performance check uh, to set the tone as the crowd gathers around to watch uh, your crew, your performers, um, put on this story. Now, who all is going to uh, be involved in the actual uh, performance? Who's going to be uh, delivering dialogue, acting? I'm assuming that uh, Lulu will be part of this process. Is that safe to say? Sure. Obviously, Charlie's playing some music. Are Ithrin and... Um, Jean going to be actually involved in the uh, performance itself? Uh, are they going uh, to be, be the uh, basilisk? Hype, yeah, hype I feel like in the background, like you know. I, I feel like Ithrin has drunk enough that she definitely, definitely wants to be on stage right now. Okay. Karaoke. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I got a twenty-six, Travis. Excellent. Hey, wow. So, uh, I actually have a proficiency in lutes too, so can I just like help Charlie play music? Yeah, just a co- a company. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's gonna be. Uh, I mean, you could create, I suppose. So why don't you go ahead and give another role, Charlie? Yeah. Right. Um. So, uh, you take the stage. There's a large crowd. Um, the place is. Night of Chronicles is kind of like Woodstock for Leone. There's just, at this point, there's just bodies everywhere. It's shoulder to shoulder around the Pride Stone. The Pride Stone is a, like, 60-foot-tall um, marble carving of the goddess Tenille the Huntress, uh, standing with, like, a bow and arrow, like, drawn, uh, aimed out toward the east. And everyone sort of gathered around. There's a stage built at the base of it. Uh, and you're out there, and, and Charlie starts playing... Uh, you know, the intro song and, and um, Haiku hops in with a, with a melody on the lute. Um, Lulu, you take the stage. Go ahead and give me, uh, you can choose between either performance or athletics uh, to act out this physical fight. Athletics. All right, go ahead and give me, give me an athletics check, if you don't mind. 18. Beautiful. So you get up there and you start, like, flexing and, you know, working the crowd and kind of showing off, you know, doing your best gladiator, sort of, you know, you're, you're Russell Crowe out there in the middle. Are you not entertained? Um, who would like to be the basilisk in this fight? I think that was Ithrin. Ithrin should be the basilisk for Excellent. sure. Drunk, drunk, drunk Ithrin. I got you. Um, so Ithrin, <laughs> uh, do you have you have a resistance or an immunity to being poisoned? 
uh, against disease. Okay, so no resistance whatsoever. Excellent. Um, so we're going to just go ahead and assume that you are suffering from the poisoned condition during this uh, due to alcohol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you will have uh, disadvantage on your rolls um, because you're drunk and clumsy. Um, what would you like to rely on for that per for that performance? Would you like to rely on uh, like uh, acrobatics to be hopping around and being all um, you know engaging, or do you want to do like a, an actual performance check? Um, would you like to? So I have advantage on acrobatics. So how does that comport with being drunk? Like, it can I out. be like, it, okay. It cancels the disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do acrobatics. Yeah, have like good. a sober moment on the stage. <laughs> well, it's like the, the drunk uh, learned behaviors. Oh, like you practice. 17. <laughs> oh, so that's, nice. <laughs> uh, 19 total. Damn. Awesome. So you get up there and like, as you're getting on the stage, like there's some stumbling. Um, a couple of the priests of Enkili who thought that this whole ordeal was just very adorable, uh, banded together to, uh, make you a basilisk costume. Oh, um, so like you stumble a little bit cause you have like an extra set of legs sticking out of your butt that you're not used to having. Um, <laughs> that's one way to put it on your way onto the stage. But once you're there, uh, you kind of let the music take over and, and just dive into the performance and, and you're able to, um, you know, you don't miss any of the beats of the choreography, which is very fortunate because um, Lulu, while an amazing performer, not so great at pulling punches. So, like, you feel the wind off of a few of the swings, oh, like, during the, um, and, uh, and during all this, of course, um, you know, Rizzi is sort of reciting this, like, uh, epic poem about uh, what has transpired during this, this uh, battle with the Sandstone Basilisk. Um, whilst that's going on, is there anything that uh, Jean would like to do to add to the proceedings? Uh, you know, you've been drunkenly watching this whole thing come together. Um, ah, we lost a mic. Hopefully Mike will return. Or too long. Um, but you've kind of been drunkenly watching this whole thing come together. Is there anything you'd like to do to add to it? Uh, you know, hop in and like freestyle some rhyme alongside of it? Or John uh, uh, is doing some crowd work, getting everybody involved while she's also maybe pickpocketing a few people. Nice. Love it. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we do a. Um, I'll need two checks from you. I'll need a performance or deception, whichever you prefer. Um, so go ahead and make that one first. All right. Um, I'm going to do performance. Okay. Did it roll? It didn't roll, did it? It did, yeah. Did Got a 13 on the performance check. So not, not too shabby, not too shabby. There's a lot going on on the stage. Um, you're certainly not... Um, you're not like transcending the existing performance by any stretch, but you're absolutely not taking anything from it. Uh, you know, you're playing tambourine, you're, you're doing your, your, your bit. Um, but let's see that sleight of hand check for all this pickpocketing that you're doing. Mm. All right. Mm. 
Yeah, see, the reason that you're just playing tambourine is because you're just deftly walking around, like, you know, just reaching in. And Charlie, you're in the unique position to sort of see this. Like, everyone Jean passes, something valuable comes off of their person into Jean's pocket. <laughs> like, it might be a coin purse. It might be a coin. It might be a ring. At least one person you see him grab some sort of, or see her grab some sort of, like, undergarment from, like, as they're passing <laughs> um, But definitely uh, becomes clear to you that, um, that Jean is an accomplished pickpocket. Um, nobody else really sees anything that's going on with that, as near as you can tell. Um, so, uh, the last person, is there anyone I haven't, oh, so Alan, are there, are you doing anything to, um, contribute to this? Or are you just sort of sitting back and enjoying and letting it, uh, sort of occur around you because you were busy hammering on a sword all day? Yeah, I'm just sitting there like I probably have a drink, so I just I'm like my drink is propped on my bicep. <laughs> I'm just sitting on there. My like, bicep. You know? So it's, like <laughs> It's an extremely enjoyable show. Um mm -hmm. and you're sitting there watching it and having a good time and um a dwarven man sort of saddles up next to you. Um big old tankard of ale. Uh, in hand. Um, and he's dressed pretty ostentatiously. Like, this dude's... Like, there's a lot of that going around because there's bards up in here and, you know, um, bards tend to go with flashier outfits and whatnot. But despite his advanced age and small stature, this dude's got a bit of, like, a, a prince, like, artist formerly known as era vibe. Uh, he has like his, a flamboyance. <laughs> right. To his clothing and his presence. And you notice like you notice him sort of sit next to you and kind of look up and you know take a sip and look at you for a second, look back <laughs> up. And then you notice like probably, you know, most of the crowd is still definitely tuned in and what's going on on the stage. But you notice a surprising amount of people sort of look over at him and like whisper to one another. Um, you know, kind of like, like you would expect someone to do if they saw like, is that Matthew McConaughey standing over there? Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, he leans into you and says, did I not see you, uh, wandering, wandering around with some of these fine performers earlier today? I think you are correct. I feel like when he says next to me, I, I'm just like here and I'm like, not, you know, like, oh, I see. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's up? Um, yeah, he says, so, uh, yeah, exactly. He says, that's promising looking crew. Um, I'll be giving an oration uh, down uh, uh, at the mouth of the stall road um, in about a half an hour or so. Why don't you and your friends come down? Um, I would love to see you there. Uh, okay. Excellent. I'll let them know. Good. Um, he uh, takes a sip from the mug and says, uh, 
ale and like hands you the mug like like he's getting ready like he doesn't want the rest of it uh sure <laughs> you grab this no tank. i'm double 50 and i'm edward 40 hands now <laughs> <laughs> right um and like when you grab it um this is no like the the waft of odor comes up from you and there's no like um this is not a standard uh dwarven ale this is heavy stuff there's something mixed in it um cool <laughs> go ahead and give me a uh perception check if you don't mind okay it's a one so <laughs> whatever it is smells good is that cinnamon is it it's <laughs> Um, then <laughs> um, are you going to are you going to drink this ale that you were given? I'm afraid. <laughs> Does all the trust strangers? I mean, I feel like no. that's the first question. I, I, I like I sniffed it. Like I sniffed it. And I was like, hmm, it smells like cinnamon, and I'm just like holding both cups. <laughs> right on. Like and I don't drink it. I'm just like. I, it was awkward. Like I didn't know what to do. So I take your ale. <laughs> sure. He, any sort of. No, walks. I have your trash. <laughs> you know. He sort of walks off, and I mean, it was almost a full tankard that he handed you. And then, Charlon, what are you doing whilst all this is going on? Are you doing anything to contribute to the performance? Are you trying to do anything under the cover of the performance, or are you just sitting back and chilling, like with Alan, perhaps? I mean, I could do some like fun thing with control water or something. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah. Um, and so, all right, let's, let's explore that for a second because the, which idea, also means that I would be glowing because of the bane. Right. That's mm -hmm. true. Um, oh, that's cool. Then you're like the mood lighting and you're like the fog in the back. You're like the head techie for the stage performance. <laughs> that's so cool. See, I was more thinking like the like the the dancer on the side of the stage that's got like glow sticks and shit. Like yeah. <laughs> um, the instead of like, you know, like the fire jugglers. Right. Like, instead of juggling fire, I'm juggling like water. Oh, that's dope. That's awesome. All right, cool. Um, go ahead and give me a... Um, what's your spellcasting ability is charisma, right? Yeah. Um, do you have uh, performance? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not skilled in it, but I'll okay. take a, an unskilled performance. Oh, that's fine. Seems... Yeah. Let's say unless there was a skill that you thought might apply. Damn. Well, that'll work, too. Yeah, so... Woo! so that's like, my partner, boom! Between all these role results, you really are like turning this performance into sort of the toast of the of the evening. Um, once you finish walk, go, walking through this uh, sort of epic recreation of the battle, and the whole performance itself is probably five minutes, right? It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not a whole lot of time, but by the time you've completed it, um, you know. The crowd are, are you know, on their feet, hooting and hollering. Um, people are already, like, people who are stepping away are starting to already, that Rizzy is an amazing bard. Look at how she coordinated all that. And da, 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 da. Um, it's, it's really clearly a hit. Um, and as you all sort of come off the stage and, and get together and are, you know, um, having a congratulatory 
you know, high fives and hugs and whatnot. And, and Rizzy's just beaming. Um, Alan, do you, you see them all sort of step, step off the stage? Uh, are you going to rejoin them? Um, or are you going to hang back? Or, or what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts and theories on that? You going to let them know that they were invited to this other thing? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alan kind of walks up, um, rejoins the group. Um, and as you see Alan approaching Jean, as you're kind of walking up the other way, you also see the, uh, the folks who you were indebted to, like off in the crowd, kind of just watching, you know, looks like maybe they, they spotted you, like they're aware that you're there. So what would you all like to do? Um, so I tell them that this flamboyant, seemingly famous guy invited us to like the after party <laughs> or whatever. Um, Rizzy's eyes sort of, not that they can get much bigger cause she's very like dialed up to 11 already right now, but she's like, was it an old dwarf guy? Yeah. That's, In, like a purple like gown. Yep. That's the one. That's Dradaki. That's the, that's the bard I was talking to you about. Um, I would love to go see his show. Uh, yeah, we should gather our coin and, and get together. Breck's um, gonna like run up to her and like pick up the bard and like spin her. Fate has brought us today to tell this most glorious story. And aren't <laughs> you just so lucky you wandered upon us? The most glorious. <laughs> You're suddenly Bill and Ted. It's right. Be and, awesome to each other. And Be awesome. In, exactly. In, Go Rizzy. In the midst of this revelry, Jean, the, the two people that you're indebted to start sort of making their way over to the group. Perfect. Uh, and Jean will politely excuse herself All right. uh, to go meet them in the middle of the in the middle of somewhere. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you walk, you can walk right up to him, like right in front of the Pride Stone, uh, which is good because there's a whole big ass crowd. So, chances are fairly good. Can I they stealth won't, they won't follow? You. Yeah, go ahead and make a, a, a stealth check. 24. <laughs> right on. Uh, what's John's We're passive perception? amazing tonight. <laughs> uh, John's passive perception is 13. Yes, you absolutely do not notice Haiku. Walking like behind you, like mimicking step by step, like hiding, using you to hide. Um, and <laughs> also, my cloak is up. Okay. Um, and they walk up and they say, Did, "Is is the job done?" Oh, oh, the job is done, sweetheart. Here you go. Here you go. And John kind of pulls out the goo-covered dagger, and that this should be satisfactory. Uh, you enjoy the festival now, and she tries to. Uh, they they say quickly. Uh, just one moment. Um, we're square, that was, but I would like you to put your ear to the ground because it seems that while you were out resolving our situation, uh, my cousin that was. Uh, in the care of the librarians uh, met an untimely demise at the end of an assassin's blade. Mm. Now I would pay 
quite dearly for the information that would lead me to the uh, folks responsible. Well, that's a tragedy, and I, I really I offer my condolences for your loss. Um, how dear is dearly? Uh, you bring me information that leads me to that person. Once I have my hands on them, I will give you a thousand gold. If you bring me uh, that person's head, I will give you 500 gold. And if you bring me that person alive, uh, how does 2,000 gold sound? Hmm. 2,000 gold sounds like a warm afternoon. I'll be seeing you, gentlemen. They turn and walk away. You rejoin the group? Oh yeah. Cause what else am I doing really? Uh, <laughs> I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna she's gonna investigate, but I mean these people are like the talk of the town right now, as far right. as she's concerned. And she just got like good and well paid off of their performance, so she's gonna kinda ride that and see where it goes. Absolutely. Uh and in fact during that whole um, affair you were able to acquire in uh, goods and and uh, coin uh, 180 gold pieces from your illicit uh, worth of stuff from your illicit pickpocketing. Um, it just comes from prayer and clean living. <laughs> Where was Haiku at on that one? Haiku's all about the pickpocketing. Uh, Haiku was, was... Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> Because do I see any fat coin purses hanging off the guys that were talking to Jean? Um, go ahead and give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, like fifteen. Oh yeah, you do. Um, but you also notice uh, that next to they each have a, a relatively sizable coin purse on their pocket, and you also notice that one of them. Uh, Next to that coin purse has um, like a billfold, uh, usually used um, people who are like traveling on business will often carry one uh, that'll have like papers of their origin, things like that. If you're going into areas that are um, like Calastia, you often, and you're not human, you want papers that prove that you're not someone's property, for example, um, those are carried in uh, billfolds. Um, but you see the billfold, and you notice specifically there's a marking on that billfold that you recognize as belonging to the Thieves' Guild known as the Scaled. Uh, the Scaled are basically the largest Thieves' Guild on Gelspad. They have outposts in every city. Um, they are engaged in every level of illicit business you can imagine, from like you know, um, like smuggling livestock to, you know, assassination to, um, you know, uh, extortion, uh, it, government espionage. The only thing that they don't truck with is, uh, is slavery. Interesting. Um, all right, then. I'm not 
and Ludic just because I feel like they'd have eyes on them being uh, like in that th- big thieves guild. So I'll just leave them be. Okay. All right. Um, so the group sort of regroups, um, and from there, uh, is there anything that you wanted to do? Are you all going to head down to the bards or to the dwarfs' uh, performance, or were there other things that you'd like to take care of? Uh, is there anything you want to do while you're you know, while they're off away from the rest of the group? Any discussion that you want to have? Things like that. Uh, Ithrin wants to know um, if Alan's going to finish her drink. <laughs> the one that smells like cinnamon? Oh my gosh. Yeah, here. It's from <laughs> that, that flamboyant dude. Uh, glug, glug. Oh. <laughs> oh. Alright, you check it down. Give me constitution. Give me, <laughs> give me constitution saving throw, please. I mean, Alan grew as a person. She warned her. Congratulations. That's true, that was yeah. good. Uh, 16. All right. So here's the thing. It's not like it's necessarily like spiked or anything like that. Um, but what it is, though, is a... It's a dwarven ale that has like a 50% grain alcohol mixed in with it. So it's like half dwarven ale. Half Everclear, pretty much. Oh um, my god, I'm gonna <laughs> So, uh, Ithrin, you gain uh, a, a level of exhaustion uh, from. <laughs> Joan's a big, strong lady. She'll take care of you, girl. In addition to being poisoned, you are um, just, you're just <laughs> drunk as fuck at this point. <laughs> Like, like a bad, like middle school great Mad Dog twenty twenty drunk. You are. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like Oland has been watching this with a lot of like unusual interest as she like gave it to her and she's drinking. Oland's just kind of like. <laughs> well, if it right. to be carried, Lulu will carry. <laughs> It's because she's really small anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ithrin has a date. I mean, but I she's feel a stranger. Like, we should supervise. You're right. I, I feel like Ithrin will tell stories like, hey, remember when I was like that basilisk and everybody loved us? That was so <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and before we leave... Uh, Lulu will give Alan the uh, fancy. We killed that beast, and I got this for you because I figured you would like the. What was it called? On there, Travis. It's decoration. Yeah, the decorations. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, like the um on the on the dagger, yeah, like the engravings, yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, yeah, really, because. Because I know that you were going through a lot back there, and I figured hardware makes you happy. <laughs> uh, and then I, I give you like a quick hug, and then I like, go. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> it was like, oh my god, what's happening? They never happened. They never oh happened. And as you're sort of awkwardly uh, 
making your way down um down the stall road uh oh rizzy also does give each of you two gold pieces for your assistance with her performance um and she says you know obviously if if there's a purse to be won at the end of the night uh i'll happily share it with you um but as you're making your way down the uh dwarf that you had spoken with earlier calls out to you, Alan, and says, uh, do you have my gift? Uh, the dwarf that I talked to, the, the blacksmith? Yeah, because you walked like, past their tent as you're heading down towards where the back is. Um, I probably do have the sword on me, right? Uh, yes. I would assume that you had brought it with you. Um, so I, I show him, uh, I, I excuse myself from everybody else. I'm like, Hey, I'll be right back guys. And then I show him the, the sword that I made and it has like, like all this kind of neat leaf pattern fil- filigrees, like on the uh, hilt and on the handle. And it has a space for a enchanted jewel, like a Thundercats. Nice. <laughs> like you made me a sort of omens that works. Um, he he takes it and sort of gives it a couple swings and then uh like hits a crate with it and like just slices through this crate and hands it back and says it's fine work um I'm happy to uh provide you materials at, at a discounted rate thank you it's uh, nice to be appreciated and she, he uh, reaches into um, like a, a pouch underneath his table and pulls out a ring. And this ring has like a hammer. Um, looks almost like a signet ring, but it has like a hammer on it that's very stylized, very reminiscent of like a Mjolnir, uh, you know, necklace that somebody would wear or something like that, right? Um, and Nolan's thinking, I like hammers. <laughs> Uh, he says, this is uh, a, a symbol of my family. Uh, and if you present it to any Kelder dwarves, they will uh, deal with you as though you are one of their own in terms of pricing and hospitality. I can have that. Are you giving it to me? Yes, it's for your, you've done impressive work. I am I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me know and if you need, need more ore. He puts his feet up and lights a pipe. Um, I tell him, let me know if you need any weapons made. Will do. And, uh, I assume the rest of the party continued on while it was going. Mm-hmm. So and then, like, I, I jog a I little to catch up to. Frank is just trying to get all of Lulu's attention right now. He's riding the theater high. <laughs> right in. And as you um, get down to the south side of the stall road, you see uh, there's a group gathered around in, in just in the middle of the road. Um, but as you approach to of the Manticora, like, city guard. 
like see you walk up and start like escorting you th- around the edge of the crowd. Uh, and they say, uh, Bronzeleaf has said you were coming and that we should make sure you get a good seat. And when you arrive in the spot where everyone is sort of standing, you see um, there's like a campfire that's been built like straight up in the middle of the road. And this dwarf is sitting on it. And he's sitting on a, on a log that's across from the campfire. And people are just sort of standing around in rapt attention as he's speaking. And as he's speaking, there's a um, illusion floating in front of him. It's about, you know, this high or so of this beautiful elven woman in like, uh, like a gossamer, like flowing robe. And he's crafting this story. He's talking about uh, lost love during the Divine War and how um, he had shared uh, many battles next to this elven beauty. And at first, uh, their differences as people uh, were, were a deterrent to him. They frightened him. He was nervous of her. But um, as they prepared to enter some ancient ruins with some that, that belongs to creatures lost to history, that he professed his love for her, and she uh, she returned his affections. And in that moment, it was the first time since uh, uh, since he set forth from the Broadreach forest that he felt um, safe and love and and warmth and uh, felt like something was worth fighting for as as gods and titans were clashing around him uh, this woman's love finally made things make sense and then you can see kind of everyone is just very engaged and, and, and hanging on his every word as he goes on to explain that um, when they got into the ruins, they found this ancient beast, the likes of which he'd never seen, and uh, to this day does not know its origin, uh, that it had flesh uh, crafted of the darkest uh, onyx material with sharp edges and, and no, there was nothing smooth. All of its joints and its limbs were angular and unnatural. And um, he and his love engaged in battle with this beast. And as the beast uh, struck out, uh, as it was on, on its dying legs, it struck out against him to try to slay him. And the woman leapt in the way and um, the beast's bite turned her to, to, to crystal as she remains to this very day still in that, in that cave. Uh, her sacrifice enabled him to uh, slay the beast while it was preoccupied, um, but he would trade every, every day from that till this 
for her to have survived. And when he gets done with this, this sort of epic sort of recounting of this battle from the Divine War, you know, crowds crying and people are clapping and um, you can see Rizzi is like starstruck and, and completely overwhelmed. And he puts the illusion away and quietly gets up and walks over uh, to Rizzi and takes her hand and says, um, I saw your performance earlier. It was very good. Uh, I am Tridaki Bronzeleaf. Um, I've noticed you and your associates here uh, around town. I wanted to uh, see if I might inquire after your services. Um, according to your performance, you are quite the heroic bunch. Um, I'm an old man at the end of his days. Um, I would like to go home. I have not been to my ancestral lands, the lands of my birth, since before the divine. Well, since I left to serve in the divine. Um, I would like to hire your group to escort me to the Broadreach Horizon. Now, I am a man of means, so in addition to uh, whatever expenses the journey incurs in terms of supplies, uh, I am in a position to pay each of you five gold pieces per day uh, for my, uh, to preserve my safety on my way home. Um, if that is something that would be of interest to you. And he barely finishes that sentence when he's like, yes, I'll do it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have to ask the others, but I am in. Um, and she uh, kind of turns to the rest of you. I just say one thing before you start talking. Uh, as soon as this guy was performing and talking to like, basically like uh, romanticizing like war and stuff like that, I kind of just like got disgusted and checked out. So I'm just like pickpocketing everybody watching the performance. <laughs> All right, go ahead and give me that sleight of hand check. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to roll inspiration because that's really bad. <laughs> that's way better. That is a 16. So, so funny story, because because of the veteran, special veteran connection that I have, and my vet buddy freaked out when we talked about war, I followed him. And I, I just put my arm around his shoulder, walking around, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Not if I roll a high stealth check, you don't. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like the vet connection gives me the alert about veterans in the area. So, uh, no, I'm taken out with, with the Scarred Lands deity here, because wingmen look out for each other, my friend. I'll, I'll let I you make a check. I'll let you make a self check. What's your passive perception, Breck? Your passive perception. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what page that's not giving. That's an 18, just in case. It's your passive perception is your uh, is your perception oh, okay. score plus 10. Did you already roll? Did you roll again? No, that was a self check this time. Oh, okay. 14. Yeah. All right. Um. So you kind of have an eye on uh on. Haiku, and you go to like intercept him, 
and he like steps around a person and then you can't find him uh, for a few for a few moments and then you see him kind of poke back up and you're okay, able to okay. in, intercept him Ready? while you are off of her <laughs> radar though you do manage to get your hands on uh uh say 60 gold Damn. Brack doesn't yeah. care about that. Um, <laughs> Haiku does, though. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Oh. He didn't ask you. <laughs> the, the, the guards absolutely do not notice. Um, okay. But Jiraki, follow-up question. Jiraki says, I would like to set off at first light. Um, I would love to be in the broad reach uh, within the next two weeks if we can manage it. Um, Side question. Is that the same place about the note where those people were going? About nope. the curse? No? Okay. Well, Brick's not there, so no vote. I'm not sure I remember what you're talking about. Uh, with the curse, the, the people, I was in the library, and they had the secret note that they had to go somewhere in a certain amount of time. They were headed to the... Um, they were going to the Gleaming Valley. And so you're, you, you know the area pretty well because you, you are from the Gleaming Valley. Hmm. So you're aware that, um, Breck, that the Broadreach Horizon, um, so if you imagine Leone is to the northwest of, of the Broadreach Horizon, hmm. uh, as is... The Gleaming Valley. It's kind of between where you're at, almost. Um, so you would need to go down through into the into the edge of the Gascar Peaks and cut over. Now you know that the um, the Broadreach Horizon is a sliver of the Hornsaw Forest that is no that is no longer corrupt. Um, getting there. Is there, there's probably there's wilderness. There's probably Titan spawn. Uh, there are a few dangers in traveling there. It's not a very well traveled path. Um, once you're there, uh, there's definitely dangers. You know that the uh, Broadreach elves tend to be somewhat um, territorial and not particularly fond of outsiders. Um, partially because they've done a lot of work to restore this part of the forest and they don't want people fucking it up for them. Um, but you assume that traveling with a broad-reached dwarf, uh, they would probably be fine. Um, why don't you go ahead and make a history check as well, Breck? Okay. History. Oh, good. Breck's good at history. Plus six. It is 15-6. So you're also aware that the Broadreach Dwarves, um, the fact that Dradaki was not in the Broadreach Horizon when Mormo died, or was not in the Broadreach Forest when Mormo died, is probably the only reason that he's there, uh, that, that he's present. Most of the Broadreach Dwarves um, shortly after Mormo's destruction, were taken by the necromancers of Glibid Hotel and uh, pressed into slavery. They stayed ensla enslaved for about a century 
until the Broadreach mm -hmm. Elves came back. Um, when the Hornsaw became corrupted, the, the way that the Broadreach Elves um, cleansed the horizon was that they spiritually joined with the forest and used their own magic to clean that area. Um, and when and when they left was when Glibidatel came in and enslaved the dwarves. They had always been sort of uh, friendly, somewhat familial with the dwarves, but they were like, we're going into the woods. The dwarves were like, fucking good luck. Um, and then the dwarves got enslaved. So when the Broadreach Elves came out of the woods and found that their friends had been taken away, they, being the only people in history to have successfully pulled this off, raided Glibidatel and broke their friends out and came back out. And so now, now the dwarves that lived through that are free, um, but they're a fraction of the population they once were. Um, mm. Because many of them died while they were enslaved and then were reanimated by the necromancers to be used as cannon fodder. So they just want protection going to this place? Yep, they just want a safe escort to their to the Broadreach Horizon. Did they say what they want there or nothing? It's just, I'm going on an, an adventure and I want protection through this dangerous he, area. He wants to retire there. He's... He's an old man. He's an old man, yeah. and he wants to go back to his, the land of his birth. Yeah, like he wants to die at home, basically. We lose down. Yeah, uh, Ethereum from like her little drunken puddle in the corner just holds two thumbs up. <laughs> like while I, I puking. And I'm like, oh, you know, the war and that's cool. And we're going to stick together. And I'm like trying to like emotionally comfort my man friend of battle, even though that I understand Roz knows has nothing to do with what he's doing, but that's what I'm doing. And when we come back, I'll be down for this adventure. Right. Um, and it occurs. Lulu, Lulu will yell the haiku. Haiku. You want to make money? <laughs> I'm I'm just kind of checked out of this conversation already, just based on like the performance. So I'm just like, whatever. That means he wants to make money. Yep, he's good. <laughs> Any excellent. Any uh, thoughts from Charlie? Questions from Charlie or Charlung? If Charlung is there, I know that you went AFK for a minute. Or uh, Alan? Nope. All good. I heard five gold a day, oh, and I'm cool. all right. My only thing is, is are we going to stay around long enough to cash in on the fact that there's a giant festival of people that would probably want tattoos? Um, he says, yes, that's funny. Well, uh, actually, he says, yeah, uh, I, I said first light, but first light at the day that the festival ends. So you'll have the rest of the festival to uh, make some money and whatnot. Perfect. Awesome. Um, and it... Uh, at, at that point, it becomes very clear to uh, Jean that uh, accompanying on this mission, A, sounds dangerous and scary, but also um, will get in the way of that fat purse you can get if you can track down this murderer. Uh, so if five gold a is really chump change compared to a thousand gold in a day, if I can get some information. Right. Right, so, um, you know, maybe some uh, good luck, see you next times, uh, are exchanged. Um, 
you finish out the rest of the uh, of of the festival. Uh, you know, taking in the good times, uh, making a, a tidy profit on tattoo work. Um, acquiring. So you'll essentially. Double the money you you let go of in tattoo supplies. Um, you're able to pick up. You'll be able to pick up during the downtime. Sort of any any mundane equipment you would like to, and if you have the money available, uh, you can perform whatever tattoos you need on your the rest of your group. Um, I have a question. How much of the adamantine did I use to make the gift for the dwarf? And then do I have to buy more? Uh, yeah, you probably used it all on the sword. Five okay. pounds ain't, ain't a whole lot. Um, yeah. So you're able to acquire some more, but you're able to turn some profit. So uh, we'll say that, you're, that you'll be able to leave with uh, 25 pounds of adamantine in your... And in the same amount of gold that I have now. Yes. Awesome. And Sarah, I want to say I also gave uh, Charlon like a hundred and forty gold for the tattoo. Okay. And what were you saying, uh, Rex? Sorry. Just for uh, Charlie, she, she's the group treasurer, so we minus seven fifty for ink, and then we just made back fifteen hundred for the group fund. And tattoos, I guess. Unless Charlong, did you and I just want to split that? I assumed it went back to the group so we could do a group tattoo. Yeah, sorry, I'm muted. I think we should okay. um I think we should still end with like seven fifty worth of ink and just not have spent the seven fifty. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like let's buy another seven fifty worth oh, of ink. Oh, okay. So we're we're charging so the that, customer yeah. for the ink and supplies. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell Haiku, I have a tattoo for you, and you're going to love it, and it's button activated, so you got slapped. slap The 750 first. you gave us, we gave you back. Okay, so we're just even? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's what I thought you meant, but... And then do you and I split the other 750 then? Well, we just have 750 worth of rare and oh, arcane material. crafting materials got with, it. with which to give out to the... <coughs> So I guess supply. we have, yeah, we, we have a party fund of 750 worth of tattoo crafting supplies. And, nice. and uh, you were going to give, Breck, you were giving something to uh, Aiku during this time. Absolutely. It's button activated, so it's going to go right there on your saddlebag, because that's like a fun military tradition, is you got to have like an awkwardly placed tattoo, whether or not you tell other people. And then you're going to love it. So sit down. What is it? <laughs> I'm not going to just take a tattoo. What is it? I know this is this is the bond, bro. No. You're gonna it's gonna for all your weird <laughs> shit you do. Don't even tell me what it is. You're gonna love it. No. It's gonna be great. No. What, what is if it? what if I tell Alland and then Alland approves no. it? If Alland approves no, it, will you get it? it? No. But it's no, what so is it? cool, bro. I'm not getting it. What? <laughs> what if? What if? What if I give you a tattoo and people couldn't track? Ooh. No, you don't want that. I feel like that's what no. you want. Okay, so I'll tell him I got blur. So when you have blur, 
your whole body, your essence, everything becomes blurred and shifted and wavering. Anyone who can see you, everything has disadvantage. Nobody can come after you when you do your weird shit. And then, you know, unless I have blind sight, but you're no fun. So I don't even know if I should do it now. It's going to be a fun thing. That's fun. I have mirror image. I'm good. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> I'm going to give blurred tan because I feel like tan can use that. All right. You have a you have a blur tattoo ready to go if tan if tan's down to take it and yeah uh, I understand she has her extracurricular activities going on right now so we'll check in when she gets back and then if anybody else wants it I have just blur available at this point. Nope. Um, is there any other business that anyone else needs to conduct before uh, we close the book on uh, this initial uh, foray into Dead Man's Rest? Good. Excellent. So, uh, just to wrap things up, uh, you spend the rest of, of the um, festival having a grand old time. I will sit down at some point uh, in the interim uh, with uh, Tori and figure out what exactly Tan has learned and gone through. Um, but this is where we come to a brief hiatus for. Uh, for our Scarland story, um, we are going to uh, take a few weeks off of this campaign. Um, and when we return, we'll return with the journey to the Broadreach. Uh, but in the intervening weeks, we will still be playing as we are going to uh, bring back our characters for from Extreme Drowis for a limited edition uh, adventure. That'll probably run, you know, between four and eight sessions or so, something like that. Yeah. Uh, see where everyone has, has gone. There's some art that I believe will be being shared soon from Mike and Milena of the updated uh, updated look of where the ladies have been, um, where ladies are at now, I should say. And, uh, yeah, super exciting stuff. Um, any questions, comments, or complaints, or concerns about the, about the session from tonight? Uh, how things went cool uh, i had a great time um mal thank you again for uh joining us and and for for bringing uh some sass to this uh to this situation um we're gonna go ahead and do our outros and promotional stuff um let's start with you mal since you're the guest and all um why don't you go ahead and uh tell us who you are what you do uh who you're playing your pronouns their pronouns and anything you would like to promote please I am Malachi Hoskins. I'm he, him. I play John. She is she, her. Uh, this was lovely. Thank you for having me. I haven't really flexed this muscle in a long time, so it was super nice. Uh, you can find me at Malachi Hoskins on most things, specifically Instagram, uh, where you can find a link to my poetry book, Outside Tomorrow, available for direct sales, $10. I also have a Patreon in that link. I have a whole link tree. I do things. I make words. Sometimes uh, people pay me to do that. So if you're interested in that, hit me up on Instagram. Beautiful. And I've thrown that link up in the chat. Thank you so much. We don't get to see enough of each other, so it's really cool to be able to play with you. I, I've, I've had a blast having you. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion this is not going to be the last time that you're at this or another gaming table uh, that I am running. So. Um, thank you for making the time to be with us. It's been, it's been a hoot. Um, Anytime and always. 
Uh, next up, let's uh, let's do Charlon. Charlon, please give us your pertinent details. Hey, I'm Corey Frang. They them playing Charlon. Also they them, and uh, I'm a software developer working on video games lately. Most importantly, Caves of Cud Q U D is pretty awesome. Uh, we're on itch.io, Steam, all the good stuffs. Look for us where games are games. Sweet. Yeah, I definitely pick up Caves of Cud. I, uh, I have an intention of diving into that, uh, myself here in the coming weeks. I have a couple of work things to button up and then I need some, I need some video game time that's good for the soul. And I've heard Caves of Cud is that. Um, it is. Yeah, definitely be checking that out. Next up, we have Alan. Give us your pertinence, please. Hey guys, uh, my name is Milena Sheher. I play Alan, also Sheher. And in real life, I'm an illustrator in Illinois. Um, like Travis said before, Mike and I work on the art for this D&D, and we also worked on a book that's out that you can purchase. Um, links, yes. I know Travis will put it out. And I am Milena Deneno everywhere. And I do have a Patreon, so if you like stickers and postcards, um, check me out there. And that's it. That's me. Rock and roll. Thank you. And uh, yeah. next next up, even though the uh, pictures are out of order because I didn't fix it as good as I thought I did, um, we have uh, Ithrin, who is sitting in Lulu's spot. So, Ithrin, go ahead and give us your pertinence, please. I'm eating your lunch, Lulu. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Rachel. I play Ithrun. We're both she, her. Um, I am stolen fires pretty much everywhere. Uh, tomorrow, you will see me and the sadly absent Tori. Uh, though hopefully she'll be there tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be playing Changeling the Dreaming. It should be fun. It's going to be uh, Changeling versus Technocrat Slugfest. Nice. Uh, and then... Fun. Yeah, and then on Sunday I'm gonna be at Vorpal Tales. Uh, Sunday night we they do um short run horror games, and so we're gonna be starting a cult game. Uh oh, nice with a pregen. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the cult game should be three or four sessions, and then after that we're doing a uh, mage, mage twenty. So always a fun game. Yeah, it's lots of cool stuff. Excellent. And yeah, you can check out that uh, Changeling the Dreaming at uh, twitch.tv forward slash the Annex Path. Um, mm -hmm. And the Vorpal Tales is just twitch.tv forward slash Vorpal Tales, correct? Yep. And they do a couple of games. Um, yeah, they've got um, like a real full schedule. It's all tons of fun. Yeah, they do a couple games on the Annex Path channel as well, including... Uh, the Scion Miss uh, Ask the Mythos yes. is running right now, right? Yes, uh, and then it's going to be Dragon, and that is on Tuesday evenings. And that is also on uh, Kickstarter right now. Both of those books, Kickstarting Together, uh, it's a new a new approach for Ionix Path to take to do two, two uh, major books at the same time, but it's going pretty well. They're currently at ninety six thousand 
uh, on a $35,000 goal. So lots of stretch goals have already been unlocked. Uh, there's lots more in the mail. You're going to want to go over there and back uh, the Scion Kickstarter because um, you can get, you'll, you'll be able to get access to all sorts of neat extra stuff if you grab it now. And there's still plenty of time to get involved, so please do. Um, next up, that brings us to, um, good lord, I really did mess up these uh, these things. We've got Haiku, who is in Ithran's spot. So, Haiku, please give us your pertinent details. Hey guys, uh, I'm Mike Mutant, playing Haiku, uh, both he, him. Also, sorry for messing up the things. My, like, Wi-Fi crapped out. And it really is all your fault, Mike. It really is. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I am a Chicago-based artist, uh, comic artist specifically. Uh, me and Melina do the art for this channel, uh, along with the Frost Sons of Benrelic, uh book. Um, but other than that, I um, have my own comic called The Freaks uh, up on my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Mike Mutant. Upload every Wednesday. Page just went up uh, a couple hours before this game, actually. I did want to um, congratulate you on getting your your um, page up before game this week. Yeah, it happens right now and then, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Excellent, and definitely check out the freaks. It's a cool book. Um, and then uh, next up, we have Lulu, who is sitting in haiku space, and then I think we're back to everybody being where they're supposed to be. Uh, but so, Lulu, please <laughs> give us your pertinence. Okay, Ethan just got so drunk that it just affected everything that's what it was yep <laughs> the booze caused a shift exactly um hi i'm Allie. i don't have anything cool going on with this i am currently traveling for work to help with uh covid stuff so that's kind of fun but that's the only thing that i have going on right now so other than that lulu's super excited for bonding with Alan. <laughs> Nice. Yes. Alan is surprised that she is not still like at Lulu. <laughs> it's good to see you, you two putting aside your differences. Um, and yeah, please travel safely for work as you're, you know, trying to fix COVID. Um, don't don't get sick. Um, and then next up we have Charlie. Uh, Charlie, please give us your pertinence. Uh, I am Sarah Sharnaber. I play Charlie. We're both she, her. I'm an author and I have a YouTube channel where I talk about writing and then we do like writing sprints and all that crazy stuff. And then I have books on Amazon and oh yeah, and I play video games on Twitch sometimes and I say bad words. That's it. Occasionally there's booze involved. There was a lot of booze involved yesterday. It was you were so episode. loud. You were so loud. I'm so loud. I'm glad we don't have neighbors. <laughs> Just screaming at the... It was fun. Um, and the link to your Patreon is in the chat. And I'm putting your uh, YouTube in there now as well. And while I'm grabbing those up, Breck, please give us your pertinence. Hi, my name's Roz. I'm she, her, play Brick, he, him. Brick is so excited to have all his friends back together, helping out Alan in the shop, chatting up Lulu, see how she's been. I heard you can bake them cookies now, girl. Good job. Trying to hang out with her vet friend, Haiku, who still has these emotional walls up, but that's okay. We're going to break through those because we've been through the conflict together, and that's just, it happens. It's fine. I'll wait for you, bro. 
Um, Charlong and I are making smart business decisions. Really appreciate that. And, and Rachel and I are closer than ever, or excuse me, Ethrin, because of our adventure. Super cool. And really hoping for this John thing. We're going to see how that happens. <laughs> Breck, Breck is now a shipper of Ethrin and John. That's cool. And, and Charlie did is like the rock star of the century. It's like that 80s song that everybody plays, like the final countdown is mm-hmm. going to be Charlie's song all through Scar and Lands now. Nice. Five minutes. Everyone's going to know her and Breck is so proud. Love it. Love it. And thank you so much for uh, being here and, and thank you for your service and your awesomeness too. Um, and I guess that leaves me, right? Uh, my name is Travis. He, him. I'm the uh, game master uh, for this show when I'm not running this show I have another show I run on Mondays on this channel uh, called Scarred Lands of Family Affair um, which we uh, they are currently in the festering fields and they will be exploring some of the Scarred Lands stuff so you'll still get some Scarred Lands content from me on Twitch while we are off being in the Underdark uh, and all points beyond in the coming weeks um, make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any of those things um, the big thing I would like to promote today is that we have Yugman's Guide to Galspad, the collected volume, has finally uh, hit uh, Drive Through RPG. So uh, I would highly recommend you go pick that up. It's got some new rules, uh, new class options. Some of, I think some of you might be playing options from it, but um, uh, we're all, there's also a new approach to uh, peoples and heritages in there that I'm really excited for. Um, I'm really excited to see what people think of. So uh, it's kind of the biggest setting expansion that's come out for Skylands for 5e. Uh, so I really would recommend picking that up and, and uh, telling everyone you know to pick it up. Um, and yeah, uh, we will be back here uh, for this show in two weeks' time. Is it, it, but we'll be we'll all be drought. It'll be fun. Um, in the meantime. Uh, please take care of yourselves and one another. Uh, make sure you wash your hands and wear a mask. And uh, don't forget to lean on your elected representatives to... We have, we have an unprecedented opportunity uh, to drag our country out of the Dark Ages. Um, but it requires us not resting on our laurels. We have, we have a chance now, so please use that chance. Um, Lean on your reps, make sure that uh, everyone is getting justice and that people are getting what they need to uh, to make America not suck again. Um, <laughs> so, um, take care. Love you all. Uh, we'll see you again real soon. Bye. Bye.